T-S-N-Y. alien headphones on my head <laughs> why why do we do this again i don't know man it's not even worth it you're not helping me i ask you like what why do you do this you know oh, i don't know we're in the same boat <laughs> that doesn't this is why we need to add a third person in the podcast to like to like actually offer some guidance now we'll bring them down with us yeah yeah the, the cycle of, of new york sports see, do you see this misery. like you were like the the optimistic positive one and i feel like you've <laughs> been more pessimistic lately well you know what lean it's because i had a week okay i oh oh god all right so this story actually starts exactly a week ago and oh my god like it was not my week at all so so first things first um last friday caitlin had an early appointment downtown that because of covid a i couldn't really go and b it wasn't really necessary for me to go Mm-hmm. Um, and so she got up at like, I don't know, like eight left for an appointment. And I got up, let's say an hour later and you know, the drill, when you wake up in the morning, I I'm half asleep. I, I go to, I go to the bathroom and I go, then I go to the kitchen to get my coffee going. Now I'm heading back toward the bathroom. I don't know how I missed this the first time I head back toward the bathroom. Cause I'm probably getting ready to take a shower. I'm like, well, I like I'm walking around pretty much starkers. And then all of a sudden I slip and I follow the floor. Oh my god! I, I just like slip, fall back on the floor. Like my, I think my elbow breaks my fall, and then all of a sudden, like my back, my backside, like like right above my hip, it, it's all wet, and like my knee kills, my my toe kills to the oh. point where I actually where I actually thought I broke my toe, and that's when I realize, oh no, I've slipped in cat vomit. Oh, dude! Yeah, yeah, and I, I oh. legit, I remember in the moment, out, out of a combination of sheer disgust and pain that my leg was in. I just started going like, ah, 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 like that. It was like the Godfather with the horse, with the horse in the in the bed. Except I, I slipped at puke of all things. So I, I get I get in the shower for like thirty seconds. I rinse my rinse myself off, clean up the vomit. Everything's fine. But like, uh, uh God, I, I wish I had a picture because my toe was black and blue. Uh, oh my I'm, god i'm looking at and i'm like oh god like i have a broken right big toe and my oh. knee is killing me this is not my day oh this just keeps getting worse uh and you you were actually directly involved in the next part so the next day as you know Ooh. was the merseyside derby liverpool everton now oh I, I decide you know what my toe is killing me i've got pain medication siphoning through my veins i'm gonna power through with coffee i'm gonna stay up all night uh, for the 7.30 start, which I don't know why they go. Oh, my God. You pulled him. You didn't even tell me that. Are you serious? Um, I tried pulling an all-nighter, and I got to about 5.30 where I'm thinking, okay, I could power through for another two hours, but I know that if I do, I'm going to be miserable all day Saturday, even right. if I go to bed right after the game. Right. So so at 5.30, what I did was I kind of like – because Caitlin knew what I was going to do. So she was like, yeah, I know you're going to be up all night because soccer, like – this that and the other so i so what i did was i pretty much uh camped out on the couch that night um i had like a blanket pillows and i slept for two hours there i I went to bed at like 5 30 had the alarm go off at 7 25 
uh, and it was right by my face. So like by the time the alarm went off, I was like, boom, wide awake. Right. Um, so I'm watching the game and it's, it's lots of dumb fouls on both sides, really chippy game as I, <laughs> as I expected. Right. And then in stoppage time, because there were so many injuries. So we have five minutes of stoppage time, which is way too much. Um, so stoppage time comes and then for Liverpool, Jordan Henderson scores the goal. I am completely dejected. And I'm like, great, TV off. I hate everything. I'm going to bed. I sleep for like four and a half hours. And I wake up to a text from you. It's like, oh, everything's terrible. I said, I'm so sad. Da, 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 da. Meanwhile, I don't know until I think 12 o'clock that night, maybe like early the next morning, that the goal was disallowed on an offsides. Yeah, and then guys, everything got away with the draw. Guys, like I literally, Josh and I were talking about this for ages. And like, I was under the impression that he knew <laughs> that yeah. there was just, the goal was disallowed. Like I'm out here talking about they should have won, like blah, blah, blah. And I thought we were on the same page. And then you text me like 12 hours later, like, oh my God, the goal was disallowed. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and, so and, funny. And, and, and it also, and also on top of that, um, cause I was messaging with, um, uh, uh, with my friend Spencer who lives in LA and is a huge Liverpool fan. Mm. And after Henderson scored, I whip up my phone, open Facebook Messenger, good game, I'm going to sleep. And I realized he never responded. I realized like today, oh, he's never, he never responded. Oh, there you go, yeah. And so then I go, yeah, I went idiot, went to bed right after the goal was disallowed. And then he just came back with, yeah, Pickford should be suspended, which Jordan Pickford should have been suspended. That's the luckiest whistle of all time. Yeah, for and, sure. <laughs> and, and then just like having to deal with work uh, all week and, you know, ba like, Babies do any day. Is your it, it, toe okay though? Oh, my, my toe was fine in 24 hours. Oddly oh, thank God. All right. Oh. I mean, like, what, what am I going to do with a toe? Like, I, I can't go to the hospital, get an x ray, yeah. and be like, oh, oh, you, you broke your toe, go home. Yeah. And then what exactly? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I iced it. Uh, and honestly, it was my knee that was worse oh. for, um, in the days after because the, the toe was fine after I elevated it. But then, like, I had, I think I had like, I don't know if it was a bone bruise or just like a deep bruise that didn't, that didn't actually bruise, mm. but like my knee was sore for a good two days. And we're also now at the point in the pregnancy where, and I, I say this with no disrespect intended to any of the parties involved. I feel that if I have 15 uninterrupted minutes just to sit down and like work on something, do some reading, like catch up on stuff, that's. It, it's a, it's almost miraculous yeah i'm, I'm, I'm sure. not i'm not necessarily complaining right but, but like it's definitely a noticeable change right right for sure yeah, yeah. Any, anyway um how was your week since we've uh last recorded my week's fine but like i uh i actually i i was hoping to talk about it last week to like bring up the story last week but the yankees had just been eliminated and i wanted to die so and we were all uh, sad so. right exactly um so like the luckiest thing in the world happened to me, I guess, like two weeks ago. Um, so my does this, friend- does, does this story end with you lending me money? Cause that's where, that's where I feel like it goes with it. Oh, first. no, no, no. It's not lucky <laughs> in that way. No, I <laughs> Damn. wish. <laughs> Damn it, dude. Um, so like, no, it was like more three weeks ago, I want to say. Um, okay. my, one of my best friends from college, she lives in DC now. She uh, came up to visit for the weekend and so like I met up with her she was staying in the city uh near Chinatown yeah and so I went to visit her whatever we had dinner hung out a bit 
whatever. Uh, I left pretty late. It was like around 12.45 in the morning, I guess, when, when I left. And like I've mentioned before, I live on Long Island, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you so, drove, the- so you drove into the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I drove okay. into the city. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, I'm I'm driving home, right? And this is I end up on the LIE Long Island Expressway. Oh yeah, and the LIE. I know, I know it well. Yeah, this is like at this point, it's one something in the morning. Okay. I'm uh I'm driving like in the left lane. Yeah, the HOV. Um. He, actually, it wasn't HOV. It was just like the left. I don't know. Oh, I, I'm thinking of the Grand Central. I'm thinking of the Grand Central. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nobody yeah. listen to me. I'm stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm in the left lane, like just chilling, listening to music, whatever. I'm like three exits away from my exit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, oh, I like no. see a bunch of crap going on in my peripheral vision, and I hear horns just blasting, dude. And then, like, I just kind of turn my head a little bit. And I see this, like a bus and a Jeep just coming right into like straight at me, bro. Jesus. I am like immediately the quickest reflexes ever. I just slam on the brakes, right? As hard as I can. Everything goes flying, like cars making weird noises, whatever. And then I come to a stop. I'm shaking. My heart is pounding. Um... And like, I I kind of was just under the impression that like the whole front of my car was screwed, right? Yeah. But I I didn't even really care because the way that the Jeep landed in front of me, I am not even exaggerating when I tell you that I was walking up to the Jeep and expecting to find a corpse. Like I literally was telling myself, you're about to see your first dead body, like prepare yourself. I'm not even- Wait, wait, I'm confused. So the Jeep kind of- I'm gonna tell you what happened. Hold on. Okay, all right, okay. So and, then, get, and, then, and this is like a charter bus. Let me get to that in a second. Yes, okay. yes. So, okay. I get out of the car. Uh, first thing I do, I'm about to go to the Jeep because I'm so worried about like the, you know, whoever was in the car. I look at my car by some miracle. It is untouched. Like not nothing happened to it to this day. I still have no idea how. But I was like, okay, whatever. I start approaching the Jeep and this young dude like just comes out of the car, even though the car's completely totaled, like absolute mess, just comes out of the car and he's like screaming and cursing and stuff. And he's like, he starts talking. He's like, you see what happened? You see what happened? I was like, wait a minute. Are you the driver of the Jeep? He goes, yeah. I was, I literally, dude, I started like tearing up because I was just so in shock. I was like, I literally thought you died and I was expecting to find a dead body. I was like, are you okay? And he asked me to check him and stuff. Um, he had a burn from the airbag and like yeah. he was bleeding, but somehow that was it. So basically what happened was the bus that hit him, it was a party bus. Okay. Oh, yeah. My guy. That, 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 that's very on brand for the Long Island Expressway, I isn't it? I swear, bro. So this dude basically like merged onto the highway. He merged on like from the previous exit, the bus, the Jeep had been in the right lane. And the dude, for some reason was like, I don't know. He was trying to get in front of the Jeep, but I guess he didn't see him. Oh, so, and, and like the Jeep, he kept like pounding on the horn and the dude just like wouldn't stop, ended up merging into him. And yeah, that's just what happened. The Jeep went flying across four lanes right in front of me. Jesus. He ended up hitting the barricade. That's why like, oh. the car got totaled. Yeah, bro. It was so crazy. And what made it even more insane, the party bus had like maybe 20 kids in it, bro. Like, yeah. nobody's wearing a mask either i bet 
I ended up giving the guy, he sat in my car, like to make a phone call to call his dad. So I ended up yeah. giving him a mask. And actually shockingly, the bus driver was wearing a mask. The cops, when they showed up, were not wearing masks. The cops but, are uh, never wearing masks. Like, is I, that, I, yeah, everyone's noticed that like, cops I, don't wear masks. I live, like, I live um, close-ish to a New York City police station. Like, okay. like maybe, we'll say it's a 15 minute walk from my apartment. So if I, so like I live on, let's say 123rd street or 124th uh, in Manhattan. Yeah. I walked, so if I walk down like anywhere to, you know, 116th or 110th, there's going to, I'm going to see at least one NYPD Jeep or, mm-hmm. or a van or whatever, or like an SUV, right. whatever you want to call it. Now down by, if they're parked out by the supermarket, then you'll see mess, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if I'm taking the train to run a random errand now, or just like just generally walking around, if I'm at, or if I'm at my bodega and a cop comes in, I don't see him wearing a mask on. Right. The sign says no mask, no service. So, but then again, I kind also of annoying. Yeah. But then again, I also li- live by. I'm not even kidding when I say this: the worst bodega in the world. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, yeah it's like they, they don't they don't season their sandwiches and they get orders wrong all the time. It's terrible. Oh yikes! Anyway, yes, I'm I'm glad you survived that encounter. Man, that was low key like a life changing experience. I that, can't even explain to you like how crazy it was. That's a, that's one of those things where if it where like if it, after it happens, like you kind of just like burst into tears in the middle of your car just out of sheer relief that you're oh, alive. Yeah, like I just kind of the rest of the way home, I was just like sitting in silence. I was kind of just like praying and like thanking God and stuff. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to uh, name this. We're going to have to name this episode Broken Toes, Bus Accidents, and the New York Mets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's going to happen. Yeah, that, that's the new name. I'm, I'm going to make that official Amazing. right now. Yeah. That... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, oh, oh yeah. But yeah, before we get to the Mets, how, uh, how heartbreaking was the Giants loss for you last night? No, no, we're not doing that. I hate it... the New York Giants. I hate Dave Gettleman. I don't understand how he's still employed. Um, and yeah, I want to cry. Did did save did save talk a bunch of shit and get oh in your he face. was so annoying but it's like bro the Eagles are trash why are you talking he did compliment Daniel Jones kind yeah, of jo- yeah Joe like Jones he's looking better and better he's just making a lot of mental mistakes people like I am very like you know I, I blame Daniel Jones a lot but like people who are blaming him for yesterday's loss stop like okay he has no awareness but like bro if we won that game then everyone would be praising nah, him. Dumb penalties yeah. cost the Giants last night. Dumb penalties. Yeah, and, and Evan Ingram. But yeah, yeah, and and it's like I said to you last night. Like my, I have a sock that has two holes in it. It is an inanimate object, and it can protect a, be- a quarterback better than the New York Giants offensive line. Not even a question, bro. That's yeah. not even. Yeah. Like, well, and maybe even the Eagles too. Although, like Carson Wentz mm-hmm. is at least good enough to overcome a bad O line. Of course, yeah, and yeah, yeah, he's used to it by now too. So yeah. Anyway, so folks, um, we're going to talk about the Mets today because we haven't given them uh, proper attention since the playoffs started. Um, when what we're going to do today essentially is we're going to go down their payroll, look at who's got options for next year, who's going to hit. We're going to talk about the Yankees too, right? Oh, I thought they. I thought we give the Yankees their own episode just for the sake of time. That's good because the Mets, we have a lot to talk about for them. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at their salary table right now. There's a lot to talk about. Um, all, right, Lee, time, so yeah. all right, all okay. right. So, uh, so wait, how do we want to do this? Do we want to just okay? Go I actually have a great idea. Okay, go I, ahead. I I wrote down the names of players who like their contract situation needs to be discussed. So how about I like I'll say a name and then you and I will just have a discussion about it. What do you? Yeah, think? yeah, great. Cool. I like all that. Right. 
Oh, I, I, yeah. Hold on. Let, let me get baseball. Yeah, go ahead. Let me get a baseball reference open. Open oh, yeah, too, yeah. or Fangraphs, just so we can get their get their numbers get ready for us. Okay. Good. And call. we're good. All right. Fire it up. First name. All right. First name. Let's go, Dallin Batansis. Um. So Dallin Batansis is going to be a free agent this season. I, I like you know after the season. Um. I personally, if I'm the New York Mets, there is no chance he ha- he has a club. Oh, sorry, sorry. He's not a free agent. He has a club option. That's uh, a player option. Player mm-hmm. option. Oh, it's a player option. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I think. Well, given how it's a player option and how Batanzas worked um, worked this year, I'm opting in because. Oh, absolutely. It's free. It's free money. Oh, he had a disaster of a season. He was awful when he pitched, and he got hurt again. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Del, uh, Dylan Batanzas. Look, he's 32. We know with it that when he's on, he can strike guys out. He is a six foot eight oh, yeah. Dominican dude from the. Um, from the New York City mm. and I this is it's been such a weird last couple of years for him because uh, last year he was dealing with the shoulder then he tore his Achilles this year he's struggling to get his velocity back and then he hurt and then he hurts himself again like, right. what, what, what was his injury again was it another arm thing was it the shoulder I'm gonna check right now yeah it, one way or another he he did not have his velocity this season normally this is someone who uh, pitches he can touch a hundred yeah, yeah. on his fastball um, uh it was right lat tightness all right yeah and right and right lat like with the shoulder that's something you always got to be careful about i mean just look yeah, at severino what that what happened with him but anyway so Della Matanzas, his career average fastball velocity 97.2 miles an hour uh 2019 with the yankees i'm not going to bang on him for this because because he barely pitched in 2019 it dropped to 94.4 yeah uh and with the mets uh, this past season dropped to 93.6 and he also increased use of his slider by about 15 percent um lean i still think Dellen batansis can be a good pitcher uh, out of a bullpen he just have he just has to learn a, does he have his velocity back? And B, can he work with enough enough of what he already has to overcome a lack of velocity? Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I wouldn't completely give up on him yet. But if I were the Mets, I would not do what they did last year and go into the season expecting Dallin Batances to be one of their Absolutely shutdown not. guys. Yeah, exactly. I'll so. go look. I'll go a step further. The option's only for six million dollars. Yeah. You have, you have to figure that money might be readjusted for COVID because we have no idea what off-season spending is going to look like this year. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I said, $6 million, and then it's essentially a contract year. I think that I'll go a step further. Whoever Steve Cohen hires to be his general manager, if Batanzas picks up that option, I try and trade him. It's, it's yes, $6 million. Was, there are enough teams out there in need of bullpen help that you could probably trade Batantis and get a couple of middling arms back that yeah. you could probably just plug into your bullpen. Cause I mean, what like, else? What? Wait, go if, ahead. Yeah, exactly. If the Mets aren't in a place where they're like serious contenders and are relying on Batantis, I would absolutely explore a trade. They just got to hope that he has some value at that. I point. wouldn't even wait that long. I try and trade him this off season. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the thing, bro. Like, as much as I want to agree with that, I don't think he has any value right now. I, I, I don't think like they would get a good return. He doesn't have any value, but there's some team like the pirates that'll be willing to take him on if the Mets cover, let's say 50%. Mm. Cause there's, there's always one team out there willing to overpay for something. That's no, that's very true. Yeah. 
I, like, I guess Jerry, we'll Jerry see. Jones of the Cowboys overpays for everything. He's get, he's ready to <laughs> overpay Dak Prescott oh, at, yeah, the, yeah. at the end of the season. I mean, no, and, I, yeah, I'm with you. I yeah, I definitely, if I were the Mets, I would definitely make trade trying to trade Batanz as a priority for sure. Yeah, it's um, it, it, they've tried so hard over the last few years to kind of I, I'm going to call it a plug and play bullpen. Just yeah. how like you get a bunch of random guys exactly. together and hope that one. And you had Edwin Diaz hoping he would be the guy. He yeah. choked, and now you're now you have pretty much an island of misfit toys of relief pitchers. Well, no, I mean Diaz did have a great season. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, but he wasn't like Mister Forty Saves like that. Like um, the Mets were hoping he would be when they got him. The Mariners. I mean, he was their best reliever this year, and I think that yes. you're right. Not Mister Forty Saves, and he did have a rough start to the season. But I really do think he's going to be great next year. I, I think he's like found his comfort zone. I think he's going to be. Oh, at least almost back to normal. Diaz is also someone you should like keep in the back of your mind as a possible trade candidate because like oh yeah he's gonna I think he's only under team control for like one more season. He's got two years of arbitration left. And oh okay. okay. And his non-COVID price tag for 2020 was 5.1 million. I'd imagine he's gonna he's gonna ask for 10. He'll probably get something between the seven and nine range Mm. in arbitration this year. Yeah, that sounds a little less. Yeah. Uh, one way or another, unless you are fully committed to him as the closer, which let's be honest, he hasn't really shown he can handle that kind of pressure in New York yet. Um, I think that if you are committed to him as the closer, then yeah, keep him aboard for that money. If he's anything less than that, maybe unless he's like a super shutdown setup guy like Zach Britton, I, uh, I, I don't think that the Mets can justify keeping him around long term, especially when his price tag is only going to go up. I just, I just think that this year, like the, the this upcoming season, I think this is going to be really, really important for him because yes. he ended up like you know by the end of the season he was a shutdown closer, but it is a small sample size, so I don't know. The, this is a really, really important year for him. He needs to prove that he can be the guy for the Mets. So. I also just want to point out, this is going to be a, a little quick deviation. Uh, anyone who is listening and looking at stats for this season, you have to understand 60 games is a very small sample size, yeah. so take any numbers to see what the grain of salt. I'm going to go uh, to JT Real Muto as the example. This is someone who's one of the best defensive catchers in the game. Mm-hmm. He's not even a gold glove finalist this year, and I looked into it because uh, my okay. friend Sam is a huge Phillies fan. He was like, ah, what the fuck? Why, why didn't this happen? And I go on fan graphs. Turns out Real Muto had a, had a minus one DRS for catchers wow. this year. And it, it was 12 last year. And then uh, mine and Sam's friend, Kevin, who this guy understands, he's in his early 20s and he understands analytics perfectly. Yeah. Like he, like he speaks the language fluently. This guy, if he wanted to, he could be a GM or a baseball operations guy right out of college if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, and so he he made the point that you have to understand 60 games in the field is roughly equivalent to 20 games worth of hitting. Oh yeah, dude. It's... And so then when he matched it up with a 162 game season, then it's then, literally it's nothing. Then like any number, yeah. So so Diaz looked good this year, but may, maybe he's turned it around. Maybe it's just a hot streak. We don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I think like the 2021 season is gonna be so important for him. Yes. But, um, Okay, yeah, moving on from Batansis. Um, okay, Brad Brock. So Brock is also, I believe, a player. Uh, he has a player option, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, for just over $2 million. 
Yes, uh, my very quick opinion on Brad Brock. I actually was a huge fan of him for the Mets coming into the season. He, cause he, when he was uh, traded to the Mets in 2019, he was really good. He was one of their better relievers. This season, he was pretty bad. Um, the thing is, I don't know if I'm the Mets, I don't complete, I, I don't know. I mean, they shouldn't also rely on him. I think that's a similar thing to Batansis. Like you can't expect him to be a shutdown guy. This is, this but... is the thing about, about high velocity relievers like Brad Brock, like Dylan Batansis. Because yeah. granted, uh, first off, Brock's fastball velo- velocity took a dip Ooh, in 2020. Yeah. Uh, it was 93.9, so we'll round it up to 94 last year. First career, it's 93.6. Last season, 90.4 miles per hour. Shago, yeah. And he, oh God, his velocity was down across the board. He, his, uh, his slider was down four miles per hour. His changeup was down three. His cutter, which he started throwing up. This, this is what I don't understand. Threw his fastball 37.2% of the time uh, compared to 53.6 in 2019. His cutter, he threw 91% of the time, uh, I'm sorry, 9.1% of the time in 2019, up to 31.2 in 2020, and he he stopped throwing his slider. So I think that maybe COVID and the interruption messed with him building up his arm strength. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that was definitely apparent from the drop in velocity, uh, his walks pretty much doubled. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm literally looking at those numbers too. It's yeah, it's rough. yeah. Uh his Babbitt drop, which is which is insane because like hitters only had like a two twenty-two batting average on balls in play with him. Mm. But one way or another, it's clear. Let, his, let me let me ask you this. If yeah. you are uh if you're him, do you opt in? Um that's a really good question. Because what's uh, his what's his option again? Two million, you said? Two, Two million seventy-five thousand dollars. Yeah, well, what do you do? If uh, well, that well here. Let, let's look at what his adjusted salary for COVID was this year. Mm. Um, yeah, twenty twenty. His yeah, his adjusted salary. He made three hundred. He made three hundred fourteen thousand eight hundred fifteen dollars this year in mm. salary. Yeah. So between and he was supposed to make eight hundred fifty in base salary. Okay. So based off of that, I am one hundred percent opting in. Because yeah. he's 30, he's about to turn 35. Yeah. And at this point, I'm thinking I'm just ensuring the future. Pitcher's got to pay bills too. Yeah. And plus with him, we have to remember that like before he did come to the Mets, he was having a rough few years. Like he had it, he was really bad in Chicago with the Cubs. Um, in 2019. He was bad with Baltimore in 2018. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baltimore in 2018, he didn't have a terrible year. He had a 3.59 ERA, 3.67 FIP. Um, again, it all goes down to the walks because these guys, these guys who normally no, throw, I'm looking at when his ERA was 485. 485. That's probably. Oh no, you're looking at his total year, Josh. Oh, Baltimore oh, and Atlanta. Right, 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 yeah, right, yeah. right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. He was good with Atlanta, but it was like. I don't know. Yeah, 27 yeah. games. Yeah, I don't I mean, yeah. a lot of it has to do, I think a lot of that had to do with like 2018. You're playing in an American League Eastern division that also features uh, Giancarlo Stan and Aaron Judge, plus a bunch of other teams that love hitting the ball hard. Right. The AL East, it's the hardest hitting division in all of baseball. Let's be yeah. honest with ourselves. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
Yeah, so he hasn't been good in a few seasons. So I, I think, um, yeah, and I don't think he would have much value on the market, especially since there are like some pretty good relievers available. So I think I'm with yeah. him. I think I'm opting in if I'm him. And if he opts in, like the new the new front office can probably trade him within days because two million dollars that's pocket change. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. All right. um, next, okay, next up we have uh, Jared Hughes, also a reliever. Um, he there's no option on him he's just going to be straight up unrestricted free agent this one is really easy for me if I'm the Mets I'm absolutely not bringing him back he was uh, good early on he was on a one-year deal he was pretty good early on but I think I read an article and the title was perfect he later on in the season he pitched his way out of New York and that's exactly what he did he was pretty bad uh, later on in the season and like if the Mets are actually trying to contend they can't be keeping guys like Jared Hughes around so um, yeah if I'm the uh, Mets I'm kind of cutting ties with him see, what about I'm, you? I'm looking at what he did because because yeah like he did pitch horribly down the stretch no but nobody's saying that yeah but one thing I'm noticing with lots of the the Mets relievers especially this year because I saw I saw it with um with Brock and also uh Batances. yeah um Hughes didn't um, suffer a major drop in velocity because his because his fastball or at the last few years has kind of hovered around 91, 92. Yeah. And, and that's where it was this year. But for his career, he's thrown his fastball 81.7% of the time. This year it was down to 59.4, and he upped use of his slider and a changeup. Mm. So I wonder how much of his struggles had to do with him deviating from what he always did. Maybe it's like maybe the the Mets coaching staff they're kind of finally moving forward and saying, hey, don't rely so heavily on fastballs anymore. But at the same time, Jared Hughes, he's been here since 2011. He's in his mid 30s, yeah. and if I'm him, I'm going like, what? Why would I stop using my fastball? This is how I've succeeded in Major League Baseball for so right. long. Why are you take? Why are you taking that one thing away from me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, no, no. I like what you're saying is very plausible, but. I just, again, I think if you're the Mets and you're trying to be serious contenders and Steve Cohen is going to want to, you know, make a really big difference, especially early on, I feel like, you know, Jared Hughes is not one of the ways to go. I don't, I don't think Jared Hughes is going to help get you to, uh, you know, uh, on a deep playoff run. One thing I'll say is that as bad as some of these Mets bullpen arms have been, it's not like it's entirely their fault because as we saw all season lean, the the Mets fielding and defense oh, dude. was god awful across the board. Dude, yeah, it was. They're an awful fielding team, as we can see. Like, yeah, because the drought of Gold Gloves kind of continued. Yeah, because right, right now I'm look, I'm looking up just where the Mets ranked in FIP. Yeah. Uh, compared to all of baseball, here yeah, let's. Um, it's actually like a good, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the Met, the Mets, they ranked. 16th and FIP. So mm-hmm. they had a 4.46 FIP. Yankees, by comparison, were 12, 4.39. So the Mets, they're middle of the pack, lower tier. But man, like some of the, it just goes to show, like when the bullpen's this rocky and the, and the infield defense, especially, is that horrible. Guys like Jared Hughes, who would otherwise look decent, their numbers are going to look really bad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. That isn't to say Jared Hughes should absolutely come back to the Mets next year. I mean, I mean, look, if it were me, I'd I'd be fine bringing him back on another one year deal. Just taking, just taking COVID into consideration. But at the same time, he's got a 2.96 career. He's he's probably one of the most reliable non-closing middle relief guys in all the, in all of baseball. 
So at least he was at one point. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that he can easily like, like if the Yankees were to say, take, take a one year vets minimum flyer on him, I would not complain at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess so. But yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think he, he should be like a priority for them. You know, that's just what, how I look at it. Yeah. Um, okay. Next up we have <laughs> um, Rick Porcello. So Rick, why is this even a why is this even a question? Yeah, I mean, look, Rick Porcello, uh, I I think extremely inconsistent would be a good way to put the season that he had, but um, yeah, if I'm the Mets, definitely not trying to bring him back. Uh, he's gonna be a free agent, by the way. I I have been banging the Rick Porcello is overrated drum for five years now. When the, think, yes, 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 yes. When the when the Tigers uh, trade into the Red Sox, like I, I got so many Boston fans like, yeah, Rick Porcello is great. I go, he's actually not. He doesn't have a lot of velocity. Yeah. Lots yeah. of he's gonna lots of hard hits. He's like a big guy, but he doesn't pitch like one. Right. Then he wins the Cy Young. Oh, Rick Porcello is great. Rick Porcello is great. No, he's overachieving. Yes, he's overachieving. He's getting lucky. Like there's nothing. Like he's just having. Yeah, his fifth that year. He's got a 4.06 career fit. His Cy Young year, his fit was 3.40 uh, paired yeah. with a 3.15 ERA. That's pure luck. Yeah. And then sure enough, like they, and that's when they gave him the extension too. And I'm just sitting here with the popcorn like, all right, <laughs> gonna, gonna wait and see how this plays out. Gonna see uh, how long it is till they're crying. And sure enough, a couple years later, my old podcast co-host, Paul E.D., he just goes, oh, my Red Sox. My poor, poor <laughs> Red Sox. Yeah. And, and then they'll say, oh, 2018. Oh, he wins 17 games. Yeah, because the Red Sox were stealing signs and winning every game under the sun. Right. Meanwhile, he, he is a 4.280. All right, congratulations. Yeah, no, Rick Porcello is garbage. I've never, I'm with you there. Always thought he was overrated, criminally overrated. Rick Porcello yeah. is at the point now because he, he's going to be 32 in December. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, excuse me. That is, oh man, that was, God, I am disgusting. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh God, I'm so it's sorry. The you're having. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like, oh, and for some reason, Brody Van Wagenen thought it was a good idea to give him $10 million last year. Yeah. Like, I, I, what kind of, what kind of exhaust, like Queens industrial exhaust fumes are you breathing in to look yeah. at Rick Porcello, <laughs> who has been terrible since winning the Cy Young, and then be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll give him $10 million. Yeah. No, He's no. a Jersey boy. He's coming home. Yeah. $10 million. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Awful. They shouldn't even contemplate bringing him back. I, if, I, if I'm any GM in Major League Baseball, I am not giving him anything more than a minor league deal. Nothing more than that. Yeah, yeah like, and he's, he's somehow getting worse. So, yeah, um, definitely, no, need to move on there. Go find a starter elsewhere. Rick Porcel is not the answer. Uh, let's move on to a personal favorite of mine, Erasmo Ramirez. Right. Uh, so, here, you, you kick us off here with Erasmo Ramirez. Okay. Erasmo Ramirez is a, um, he's a, he's a reliever for the Mets. Uh, like pretty random, was only featured in six games this year. He was hurt for some of the season too, but uh, he's going to be a free agent after this year. And he's 30 years old. I, he did a 
pretty solid job for the Mets when he did play. Like I said, six games. He allowed, I believe, one run like during that stretch. I mean, he's got, he's got a sub one games. ERA. Yeah. 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 yeah one earned run. One earned run in fourteen point right, one innings. Yeah. There you go. Like I personally, if I'm the Mets, I'm bringing him back on a on on, on like you know a, a you know short term deal. Uh, not a lot of money. I don't know. I think he did a great job for the Mets in those 14 point, whatever, one innings. I don't know. That's, I, and I, I did watch him pitch and I liked what he was doing. I thought he did a pretty solid job. So why not? I think that you can absolutely look at bringing him back because this is just because I'm now convinced this is a big, uh, a big part of Jeremy Hefner, the pitching coach's at, uh, MO along with his assistant, Jeremy Accardo. Um, I think that he is that the Mets, because if you look at Ramirez, 53.4% career fastball usage last year, 45.1. Mm-hmm. And he, and his velocity, it's like, it, he's a low nineties guy. He's a junk baller. Yeah. So I think that the Mets are really taking that more analytical approach of moving away from fastballs and focusing on more off speed and trying to induce softer mm-hmm. contact and like yeah, kind yeah, of full sure. hitters. And if Eros- and it's clear, even in a small sample size, that methodology was speaking to Erasmo Ramirez. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he he's not going to cost a lot. He made barely above half a million last year. It was even right. less when adjusted for COVID. I think that there is nothing wrong with bringing him back on a one year deal with an option. Absolutely not. I, I would gladly do that because as you look towards next year with a new owner, with, with a new general manager, coaching staff is probably staying in place. You want to establish, okay, this is the standard we're trying to set. This is our philosophy. Who has bought in? Erasmo Ramirez, based on that small sample size, 14.1 innings. I think he's bought in. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100% with you. Definitely think the match should seriously contemplate bringing him back because dude did nothing wrong he, he was pretty pretty great yeah i'm with you there okay next up so this isn't really a contract situation it's more of um uh he's a prospect i just want to talk about like if the mets should call him up and stuff uh thomas sapuki you and i actually talked about him before the season began if uh you know the mets should or should not call him up um I am definitely one of many who were surprised to see that he hadn't, that he wasn't used at all last season. Um, I personally think it's at the point where the Mets, like it's an absolute must for him to join the team next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, he's going to be a solid reliever. He's one of their best prospects, one of their best pitching prospects. Um, now, and yeah, I now think is he, is he, because I'm looking at his minor league stats right now that he's also he's also been used as a starter a lot. Yeah. Or is there is this someone who's like, okay, he's starting, but we're going to turn him into a reliever? Or like, what's his deal? Okay, long term, I'm not entirely sure if they're hoping to keep him as a starter or like convert him to a reliever. But I think based on what I was saying is that he's going to be used as a reliever, like out of the gates. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, you know, like ease him into it all. But um I, I think that even as a reliever, he should be, you know, incorporated in the team next season. It's this not like all, they have. This is all going to depend uh, a lot on a free agency, what that looks yeah. like. Cause this year's free agency class, I mean, the big, the big arm of the market, it's Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah. So, and the Mets, they're 
they're not going to go after him. And, I don't need, and I'm not even sure he wants to go to the Mets. Yeah. Um, so I think between that and what the rotation is going to look like next year, because remember, Cindergard's uh, back from Tommy John next season. Yeah. I think that in spring training, depending on what that looks like, uh, Hefner is going to, and um, Luis Rojas, they're going to have to take a look at um, Sapuki, uh, Thomas Sapuki. Because that, that's, that's another thing with Sapuki. Like, you're, what you're saying is right that like free agency and stuff is going to be super important, but also for like his ETA is next season. So, right, but you, you also have, but you have to understand since there wasn't my, uh, minor league season this year, there might not be next year because a lot of teams are, have, I think, had to fold because of COVID. Yeah. I think that the best thing the Mets can do is for now, like, this is going to sound cliche, they got to hurry up and wait and see what next year is going to look like first. Yeah. And then with uh, Thomas Sapuki, their an absolute priority should be invite him to spring training, see where he is, try to find a spot for him. Yeah. They, no, they, cause like they, they shouldn't, I'm not saying they have to guarantee a spot for him, I'm saying that they rather have to prioritize a spot for it. Yes, 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 yes. I'm right. 100% with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh, sorry, can you pause it? Oh, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Would you need to go? Oh. And we're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> anyway, we are back. Um, okay, well, yeah, we yeah, just did Sapuki. Next, yeah. Michael yeah. Waka. <laughs> um, I, I thought you were going to make this hard for me. Or for us, rather. Hopefully, this is the last easy one. Oh no, there, there, there are some, there, there are some fun ones. Okay, no, Ma- Michael Waka, his shoulder is shot to pieces. He does not know how to pitch with a bad shoulder. Don't bring him back. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, and that, now, now that, that isn't to say, like, I don't think that Michael Waka still uh, is done in baseball. Yeah. I, I think that, like, he's still, he's what, he's twenty nine years old. Just either focus on being a reliever, because. He has, there's still something in there. Last year, he yeah. averaged less than two walks per nine innings. So he still has really good control. Yeah. And he upped his strikeouts. So maybe it was, maybe it's the Mets because he had a 5.25 fit to go with an ERA over six. Maybe the, maybe it just wasn't a good fit on the team. Michael Waka just needs to either learn how to pitch with that velocity or with a bad shoulder, whatever it is, or go to the bullpen. That's it. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, because that, that's the thing with him. It's not like Porcello, where Porcello is just garbage. Waka clearly can't pitch with, like, you know, in his condition. And he keeps, like, he's, there's always an IL stunt with this oh, guy. Okay, you know? and also, like, we're making it official. Jeremy Hefner is officially on the no fastball train. Waka, 53.6% fastball usage. It was 50.8 in um, 2019 with the Cardinals. With the Mets down to 42 and a half. And he increased use of his cutter by exactly 12 points. And he stopped throwing his curveball. Interesting. Yeah, his curveball. It's really interesting, actually. Yeah, curveball he threw 10.3% of the time in 2019. Last year, 1.1%. Wow. Unbelievable. So weird. Okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Look, if the if Hefner sees something in him and wants to keep him around, that's for him to tell the front the new front office. But Waka, he made yeah. yeah. What, what did he make last year? Three and a half million dollars. The front office isn't going to offer him anything equal to that. Maybe something oh, yeah. less. Yeah. I don't think Waka's going to take a pay cut unless there's literally nothing else out there for him. Absolutely. No. No. I will. I will be shocked if Michael Waka is on the New York Mets next season. Like yeah. I really don't see that happening. Okay. Um, 
Let's go now. Another guy, huge fan of, been a huge fan of him for like two years. Justin Wilson, another reliever. Um, so Justin Wilson, um, definitely, in my opinion, I think he's going to be a free agent after this season. Yes. Uh, for me, Justin Wilson over the past two years has emerged as one of the best relievers in the Mets bullpen. And yeah. I think the Mets absolutely need to bring him back. He does a great job for them, carries the load when other guys don't have it. And yeah, in my opinion, that it is a must that he come back to the Mets. Yeah, uh, Wilson's actually an inverse of the other pictures we've been talking about because he actually uses fastball more. Yeah, I was going to mention that too. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I, I am in agreement. Justin Wilson, he's very reliable, always yeah. has been. Uh, I was so bummed when the Yankees traded him because I really liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that on the whole, the Mets would do really well to bring him back. Yeah. Uh, just because you can't, re- yeah, do you need to rebuild the team from the ground up? Yes, you do, but that doesn't mean you're not going to need bodies. I mean, bro, but that's another thing. Like, we're not even in complete agreement there. I definitely don't think the Mets need to rebuild, um, but... Even... I'm not... Okay, I'll rebuild. Maybe we could say rebuild the bullpen if you want, because they do... There's a lot of work that needs to be done It's not so much rebuild as as it is restructure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a better word, yeah. Yeah, so, like, if the Mets... And the Mets just, like, restructure themselves, because you know that Steve Cohen... He wants to be the anti-Wilpon. He's going to make make uh, New York Mets baseball something to be proud of again. Mm-hmm. We're talking maybe yeah. in like the 80s and 90s, early 2000s, something like right. that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like that, that that usually means wiping the slate clean, but it's good to have some guys around because Justin Wilson, he's 33 and he, he made $5 million last year and took a small step back. I think that if you offered him the exact same thing, maybe a little bit less, he'd still take it. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe throw an option on there. No, I'm with you there. Um, and like, let's say by some miracle, the Mets finally meet expectations and do make it to the playoffs. Justin Wilson is one of those exact guys that you want coming out of the bullpen in big games mm-hmm. for you. Because like what you were saying, he's reliable. So, um, yeah, so yeah, he's, I definitely- he's reliable and he's durable. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a total other thing too. Very adorable guy. Um, yeah. Doesn't get hurt. Yeah. So... Yeah, okay. Uh, that's Justin Wilson. <laughs> Robinson Chirinos. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, Ro- <laughs> this is so funny. Okay, Robinson Chirinos. It's geez, six and a half million dollar club option. Yeah, they... I, I, this is I, a weird one for me, bro. I, I think... You know what? I'm going to put a hard no on... Oh, okay, you know what? Here... This is okay. This is tougher than I thought. Jesus. Yeah, that's what Josh, dude. The second I was like writing this stuff down, I was like, no, absolutely not. And then I had to stop. Literally, what's going on with you now? You just stop and think about it. Uh, no, because like I'm, I'm on Spo track right now, everybody. I'm looking at the Mets catchers. You got Wilson Ramos, yeah. Robinson Chirinos, Rene Rivera, and then the one guy who gives me even a smidge of optimism, Thomas Nito. <laughs> now, now, Nito's sticking around next year because he's under team control. That, that's just the yeah, fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rene Rivera, he's 36. Thanks for the memories. Wilson Ramos, do I need to go to the table? I mean, we're going to get to Ramos, too. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Ramos is next on the list, so let's just combine the two. So, Josh, see, I want to see if you agree with me in, in, in this regard. Okay. For me, 
the only reason I don't want to say hard no on Chirinos is because I think he would make for a good backup to Ramos. So if they end up keeping Wilson Ramos, then like I feel like Chirinos would be a good option to have there. But like it's kind of at the point where I don't even know, like Ramos probably shouldn't stick around either, you know? I think that look, I'll I'll say this much. I think a lot of what the what the Mets and any other teams decide to do with older bats who are defensive liabilities, we'll throw Wilson Ramos in this conversation for fun. Mm. Is that if there's a universal DH next year, then all of a sudden with the Mets specifically, you could use Robbie Cano and Wilson Ramos as sort of like a lefty righty platoon in your DH spot. But in terms of then, who, then who's catching Chirinos? Well, well, that's what I'd say. I'd have Chirinos and Nito be the be the uh, the catching yeah. tandem, just because. Lean, you saw the same as I did all season long. Wilson Ramos, like I have never seen a catcher play more lackadaisical or unaware in the field. Like, yeah, a, yeah, just yeah. those tag plays. Oh God, that was so. Yeah, no, he he is not a good defensive catcher. He, like, no, yeah. Wilson Ramos cost the Mets games this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Robinson and Chirinos, he's 36, and Will, and Ramos is only 32. But you're talking about it, uh, let's say, for next year, and because they both have club options. Ramos, $10 million. Mm-hmm. Chirinos, $6.5 million. Yeah. $6.5 million is a lot for a for A guy a who catcher, doesn't hit, yeah. For not just someone who doesn't hit, but a 36-year-old catcher who you yeah. know, like, their legs are going to be shot. Right. But I think that between the two, it – it's it's pick your poison but at the same time i feel that if there's a gun to my head i'm going with chirinos and then i'm keep keeping thomas nito just because he's got such a good relationship with the staff already yeah i mean it's it's a really really tricky situation i personally and i just want to point out this year in term because uh robinson chirinos has never been a great hitter he's had some pop but he's never he's never been a threat uh, 2019 with the Astros, he hit 238. He's a 231 career hitter. Uh, 2020, 162 across both teams, and he actually hit 219 with the Mets. Yeah, uh, compared to 119 with Texas. right with Texas. Yeah. So I'm I'm more comfortable bringing back Robinson Chirinos. I mean, Wilson Ramos can still hit, but it's like I said, he literally cost the Mets games this year. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. Right. Actually, I, I wanted to comment on what you were saying about platooning him and like Cano as DHs. That's another problem. If the Mets don't trade some of their hitters, like they're going to have a, I don't even know if that's going to be feasible because they're already, they have a very overcrowded like lineup, if you will. So I, I don't even know if that would work. Just have Cano and uh, Ramos just like share DH. Well, here's, here's the rub with, um, with the, the offensive players. The only, the only hitter with guaranteed money beyond 2021 is Robinson Cano. Everyone yeah. else is either we're under. We're only talking about next season, though, because then Ramos becomes a free agent. So it's literally just for next year. Either, either, yeah, it would be just for next year. But I, I really don't know. I think that what you got it. I think that it's like I said. If it's up to me, Ramos is gone. Ten million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Ten million dollars is too much to for someone who costs you games. But if you can bring him back as a DH, ten million dollar flyer on someone who still has some pop in that bat. I'm going to complain about it, but I, yeah. I'm going to breathe easier about it. 
ideally, the ideal situation for the Mets here is that Ramos and Chirinos are both gone. You go and get yourself a legitimate catcher and then just have Nito be the backup. Where are you going to get a catcher, though? I mean, the the only other way the Mets could do that is, and I think, and you know what? This is a great conversation to have about because I think the Mets absolutely should do this. I think the Mets should be among the most aggressive suitors for JT Real Muto. So I actually um, just wrote something about how I don't, the Mets should not go after JT Real Muto. It's literally, Josh, what we were talking about with the Yankees, same exact scenario. Um, I really, I don't think they should be paying him. Uh, it's 30-year-old catcher, record-breaking money. I don't think it's necessary. And something else that I think is actually really worth mentioning, I don't like to prospect hug or like, you know, just hope for the best with prospects. But the Mets' second best prospect in their system is Francisco Alvarez, who is a catcher. His ETA is 2023. He's expected to be like the real deal. And I don't think if you have a kid like that in your system, I don't think the Mets should go and give JT Realmuto money. And I'm actually in the process of writing something right now. I think, uh, I'm sure some people will disagree with me, but I think that um, the Mets should try and pursue Wilson Contreras, the catcher for the Chicago Cubs, because apparently he's av- he might be available via trade. Uh, he He's under team control through 2022, and that's when Alvarez is expected to come up. So... I, I don't mean, know. I just, I don't, I don't think Real Muto is the best option for the Mets, even though I do think he's the best catcher in baseball, but I don't know. I think that the Mets, I definitely understand that point because Francisco Alvarez, I mean, he's 18 years old, like Venezuelan prospect. He's pretty much what, like for the Mets with the Yankees initially, like we're hoping Gary Sanchez would be yeah. and, and probably, and, and not would still can be. Um, <laughs> but um, I think that to, Yes, Wilson Contreras, the Cubs are going to look to move him. They're going to, they're going to have to blow up that entire team very soon. Yeah. But I think that with Contreras, I'm if I'm the Cubs, I'm asking for Francisco Alvarez back in that deal. That that's like the one hang up I have. No, no, but it's, oh, sorry, I should have uh, added this too. The Cubs, that's another reason why they're going to be looking to move him. They have a lot of depth at the catching position. Okay. Like uh, like more than most teams. All right. So, yeah. All right, so maybe maybe a deal like that is feasible. Um, I think, but I think that by the same token, let, let's be honest, JT Real Muto is not going to get a $200 million contract from anybody. Like when push, yeah. co- when push I hope comes, not, yeah. no, like I can't think of a single team that would give him that money and not instantly regret it. Yeah. I think that, however, because let's, let's also be honest about something in the next two years, the, des- the DH is coming to the national league. For yep. sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The DH is coming to the National mm-hmm. League. And I think the Mets, especially depending on who Cohen hires as his, as his GM, because we all know Brody Van Wagen isn't sticking around. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think that the new GM has to seriously consider at least meeting with Real Muto, taking the temperature negotiations and see if he can talk him down to somewhere between 100 and 150 plus an option. Because mm-hmm. that way... Yeah, you can move him to DH. Maybe you can move Pete Alonso or Dom Smith to DH and then and then stick Real Muto at first when his legs start to go. Yeah. And, and, and then on top of that, like, this is the new owner saying to the Mets fans, yeah, we're serious this time. Yeah. Like, we're not, we're not going to lay back in, in a free agency and just buy stuff off the scrap heap. We're not going to get all these reclamation projects. We're not going to trade for bad contracts. No, we are going to put money into the team 
we're going to build a winning team because, and this is the Yankees fan saying this, when the New York Mets are good, baseball's good. Yes, yes. End of discussion. Yeah, of course. Like, I will criticize the Mets, their fans, their front office. I will say they suck six ways to Sunday, unfiltered, if given the opportunity. And I, and at the same time, I will say Major League Baseball is more fun when the New York Mets and the New York Yankees together are, Ex- good. are both good. Exactly. Yeah, f- absolutely. Um, yes. No, I'm with you there. And there are definitely, like, obviously, because he's so good, there are so many pros to JT Realmuto like, coming to the to the Mets. But right. I don't know. I just, like, I, I would look elsewhere if it were me. But Plus, um, plus it's a power move over the Phillies. Because they're, yeah. they're restructuring their front office. The Matt Klintek experiment is finally over. Yeah. So, yeah. and and on top of that, I, now, I've said for a while when push comes to shove, I think that JT Realmuto is going to stay in Philadelphia. But now I don't think so anymore. I'm like some. I, it's gonna I, it's gonna depend on who the new on who the new GM is because if they get that guy from the Royals whose name escapes me, the one they wanted to hire before Klentak. Yeah. Um, I think that if they hire him, it'll be. Uh, I think that that'll help him help Real Muto uh, stick around. Right. Otherwise, it's gonna be a bidding war. Then I think. I think the Phillies will just will just uh, be the winners in the end on that. Even with all the money mm-hmm. they have tied up in Harper and Wheeler. Yeah. No, no, you yeah, you're right though. I I yeah, I guess we'll see. I it's weird. But um yeah. All right, let's okay. let's let's try and marathon the rest as we got we got to talk about a couple more things. But. Oh, yeah, a lot of these are like jokes. Uh yeah. next up Todd Frazier. This is another club no. option situation. Abs- that, that is an absolutely not for me. Like no chance. Yeah, I mean, look. Yeah. Look, I I say this as the biggest Todd Frazier fan, fan on the planet. I've got nothing but good things to say about the guy. I loved him when he played, when I, I watched him as a teenager when yeah. um, when he was uh, playing in the Little League World Series for Toms River, New Jersey. Yeah. I followed him when he was with the Reds. I was thrilled when the Yankees got him. Mm. I don't, um, I, there's no reason for him to come back. Not, like, not at all. Yeah. Like, I, and I hate to say this as well, because a oh, $5.75 million club option, decline it. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I I hate to say it because he's such a great clubhouse and leader, uh, clubhouse leader guy. Um, but Todd Frazier's, I don't know if he's, I think his baseball career is over. Yeah, dude, like, you know, he literally cannot play anymore. Plus, what makes, that's what makes it a hard no for me. The Mets, again, are so crowded, especially in the infield. There's just, like, yeah. I'm sorry, Todd Frazier cannot be getting more at-bats than, like, Robinson Cano and Andres Jimenez. You know what I mean? Right, Like, that's yeah. just not something that should be happening. Todd Frazier yeah. was good to have this year because um, the Mets had their COVID situation. They needed, like, some extra pop because that's the one thing he's good for. Once in a blue moon, he'll hit a one-handed home run. Right, yeah, exactly. Miles. Exactly. But, but, look, I think that if – I think that look, you really if you really want to keep Todd Frazier around, I think that you can say, look, we're not going to give you an option as a player, but we'd love to have you as sort of like an assistant infield coach, or whatever, just to keep that positivity around. I mean, there's no way he agrees to that. I'm sure he, like, you'll he find won't agree to that. And, yeah, and yeah. and that said, Todd Todd Frazier is also one of those guys who I'm convinced could go to Japan or Korea and have yeah. a decent couple of seasons. I think he's more likely to do that. Yeah, but I think that you just want to you want to leave that offer out there just to ensure, Hey, like this, this isn't because we think any less of you. Yeah. This is because like, we recognize you're getting older, but we also see how valuable you have been 
uh, emotionally to our team. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because that's that stuff matters. That like the Yankees all those years without Nick Swisher, I don't know what they would have done. Oh yeah, for sure. No, that stuff is very important. Like it's it's it, it yeah. can't really be described, but yeah, no, definitely should not be brought back at least as a player. Um, okay, Jed Lowry. No. What, why are we still talking about Jed Lowry? Okay, this is moving on. Um, oh my God. No, can, can we just talk about for a second how Jed Lowry is one of the <laughs> biggest butts in Major League Baseball history? I remember when he was with the Red Sox, they're saying, oh, this guy's like Nomar, but he can switch hit. And then he's hurt like <laughs> 90 years. And, 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 so, and teams keep paying him because he can play multiple positions. He can switch hit. When he's yeah. healthy, he really can hit. He's Nomar 2.0, but even more injured. I didn't the, even think that was possible. The Mets just got unlucky in in a way because they got him after like he was coming off the best season of his career, and you know that's just he like Carl Pavano the Mets. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. We talked about this in a previous episode. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what happened. Um, okay, another guy who's in the same group, I guess. Eduardo Nunez, dude, was hurt like the whole year too. So there's just no. You don't know because like you have Andre Simenes, you have Luis Guillorme, you yeah. still you still have Ahmed Rosario, who I don't know how he still has a starting job in the field sometimes. You, you, <laughs> you don't need you don't need Eduardo Nunez. He's uh, like yes, a, super unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, very briefly because we already discussed him. Michael Conforto, his contract isn't up or anything. He's under team control for one more year, but this man needs to be extended. Yeah, like, uh, new, new GM, the first the first order of business is Michael Conforto extension. That literally uh, needs to be the first thing they do. Yeah, like unless there's unless there's a Mets outfield prospect deep down that we haven't heard about yet, and is there is just, not. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm like sorry. like the like uh, whatever outfield depth the Mets have down on the farm, it's not going to be Conforto levels for at least several years. Exactly. I think that right now you. At a minimum, you, you start talks with them. I don't know what the Mets policy is going to be on offseason extensions, mm-hmm. but Michael Conforto, yeah, he's hurt a lot, but so is Aaron Judge. And when they're both healthy, they're both really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, and, and he stayed healthy this year. Hey, he, he was like their most consistent, most durable, uh, best hitter. So, yeah. He knows he's about to get paid. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a good point. No, um, Michael, Michael Conforto, offer him north of $100 million immediately. Like, uh, oh, fig- yeah, because yeah. like say to him, hey, like how? Because he's twenty seven, soon to be twenty eight. Yeah. yeah, he's not I, even that old. Like, yeah, yeah, so I think that like five years, a hundred million dollars is more than fair for him. Mm-hmm. I would yeah, absolutely do that deal. I'm hundred percent with you there. Yeah, and he's like their best defender. There's just you, you. He needs to be brought back. He needs yeah. to be extended big time. Next up, uh, Jake Marisnik. I, the Mets do have a problem in the outfield, but I do not think that bringing back Jake Marisnik is going to solve it. They're um, like, I'd rather they almost keep Guillermo Heredia. Oh, I to, swear. Because yeah. like, they're the exact same player and one's going to cost less. Exactly, yeah. No. Like, no, And that's not a knock on Marisnik. He, yeah. He's got speed. He plays great defense out in center field when, like, yeah. when it calls for, he's got some minimal pop in the bat. Mm-hmm. But... After making three point three million in twenty twenty, no, let him walk. Yeah, and he's coming off of a very underwhelming season, so yeah, no. Yeah, and, um, and, and underwhelming even for Jake Marisnik. Exactly, that's saying something. Uh, okay, we're almost done here. Just two more left. Next up, we have Yoannis Cespedes. Let him uh, walk. Yeah, obviously, not much to say here. And then, last but not least, Marcus Stroman. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
while I, while I pull it up, Lean, uh, why don't you tell everybody, uh, why do we have to talk about Marcus Stroman today? Dude, for, for a myriad of reasons, bro. Uh, Marcus Stroman was absolutely wiling out on Twitter, talking about he's the second best pitcher on the, if you were on the Yankees. I, my man's dude I don't know what he was doing he's like other than Cole I'm the second best pitcher on the Yankees then had to apologize say I forgot about Luis Severino um yeah I, I, like dude okay we all know that Marcus Stroman would like cut off a, a body part to be on the Yankees but like what right. are you doing like so for me, let's go back to the Mets real quick. It's very obvious. Marcus Stroman never wanted to be in New York Met. It's very evident that he does yeah, not want to like return to the his Mets. Fa- his father has confirmed as such. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much he got from quick background. He got traded from the Blue Jays to the Mets, and apparently he was, was visibly screaming. yeah <laughs> screaming. I didn't know he was screaming. Oh, you didn't hear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, that's actually how they like uh, found out about his sentiments. That people heard screaming from the locker room. And it was because he found out he was going to the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I mean, look, I don't, I don't think he's gonna return to the Mets. But if the Mets can't get like Bauer or something, there's a chance they might make an offer to him. In my opinion, but I don't know. I know that some Mets fans actually want them to like, if as a last resort option, to like make a, an offer. To Strowman, but I would be surprised if he's back next year. I think that well, for, okay. So here's what um, here's the tweet that was in question. So this was replying to Jared Carabas, who I think is yeah. a uh, is a Red Sox guy for uh, for Barstool. For Barstool, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, um, had some really great tweets and some great insights. Just want to point that out. Um, he was replying to someone named Alex underscore Gorel said Brian Cashman direct quote said that Marcus Stroman is not a difference maker and he's never and Stroman's never going to forget that now for context last year instead of training for Marcus Stroman the Yankees rolled with Tanaka who was pitching well yeah um Domingo Herman up until the suspension he was winning every start James right. Paxton was going on an undefeated streak Jay Happ he lit he was later undefeated down the stretch Severino came back mm-hmm. the opener strategy was working so there wasn't could they have used Marcus Stroman arguably yes but like it, it wasn't like this year where or the year before where adding an arm had to be a priority. Right, right. So, yeah. so Marcus Stroman, who we know is from Long Island, he's a Stony Brook guy, grew up rooting for the Yankees, and is a very smart dude out of Duke University. Tweeted in response uh, to Carabas: Besides Cole, there's no current Yankee pitcher who will be anywhere in my league over the next five to seven years. Their pitching always folds in the end. That lineup and payroll should be winning World Series left and right. Yet they're in a drought. LOL shrug emoji. So the Mike OK show actually had a great point on this. If he's trying to get on the Yankees, why is he dissing his team? Yeah, that's not how you do that. Yeah. yeah like you does. calling all of those guys basically trash is not gonna get you on this team. Sorry. Yeah. And and that said, it kind of like by contrast, I think that oppositely, Trevor Bauer has actually increased his chances yeah, of getting if, on the Yankees. if anything yeah 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 because uh, hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna look this up because here you keep talking uh, riff on Stroman a little more because i know you've got a lot more to say about that i uh, mean like so, I, yeah I, mean, I don't really like want to get too much into like marcus Stroman on the yankees i think we should talk about that when we do the yankees uh episode but like 
I don't, it, it's very clear. And I think from what he did on Twitter, it's very obvious that he doesn't want his future to be with the New York Mets. Um, I don't, I don't know. I can respect why Marcus Stroman doesn't want to stay with the Mets because look, I will be, I want to establish this right now. I don't think, I don't think Marcus Stroman on the whole is a bad guy. I think that, I think that on the whole, he's a good pitcher with a great head on his shoulders. He's clearly very smart. And I think he's fantastic for the game. He is one of the best young pitchers I have ever watched. Like, even when he's beating up on the Yankees playing for the Blue Jays, I'm not taking that away from him. The guy is good. Yeah, of course. That said, the way that he conducted himself yeah. over the past year and a half, and primarily yes. this season, because, look, I'm not going to knock on him for being disappointed at getting traded to the Mets last year. Mm-hmm. The team under the Wilpons has been a dumpster fire, mm-hmm. and the only hope right now is that under Steve Cohen, hopefully they're less of a dumpster fire, maybe even good. We'll see what happens. Yeah, right. Um, that said, to go through spring training or spring or spring and summer camp with the team, right? Have the season start and then up and then you're on the injured list with I think it was like a calf. But then once your service time kicks into free agency, then you, you opt out. Opt out, yeah. I hate people who like knock on players for opting out, but that was like that's a clear run. Yeah, like I'm I'm not like I said, anyone who opts out this year, I mean Mike Leak decided to do it. I'm not I am not going to disrespect anyone who decided to do that. Absolutely. Nick Mark Nick Marcakis opted out, then opted back in. Right, right. But Marcus Stroman handled this awfully. Oh yeah. He yeah. made he has made his entire he's made everything in the last year and a half all about him. Because mm-hmm. We, we talked, um, remember that rant I did um, uh, a couple of months ago after the Marlins and Cardinals breakout where, where I'm like, yeah, like it's, yeah. it sucks having to quarantine on the road, but you got to make the best of a bad situation. Right, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the story of, of sports this entire summer with the, even the Orlando bubble, the Toronto Edmonton bubbles, and baseball's like playoff bubble now. It's not ideal for anybody, but because of what, where we are right now with this pandemic, we don't really have a choice. Exactly, yeah. And... Yeah, Marcus Stroman, you saw it last year. He was worse with the Mets. He, mm-hmm. like, did not pitch very well. Uh, it wasn't all him because, like I said, like, the Mets fielding's terrible. Right. But at the same time, it's you can see in the buying language, he did not want to be a Met. Mm-hmm. And, of course. And if I'm an executive and I see that, it's like it, it's kind of like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. When, when, like – you when you're not happy with the current with like in the moment right there you kind of let your attitude dictate the rest of the game mm-hmm. like I, like I, I know you don't like this guy but Colin Coward pointed out Aaron Rodgers his winning percentage when playing from behind he's sub 500 mm. Marcus Stroman I, I want to see what his winning percentage is what right. his ERA is when he pitches from behind yeah so I don't know I think that he handled he's not handling himself well at all I can't, I don't think he's going to want to come back to the Mets just because even with new ownership, there's got to be some sort of PTSD thing. Yeah, like there's like, obviously a really, you even uh, texted to me before we started recording that the Mets won't touch him with a 10-foot pole. There's a really, really solid chance the Mets don't even make him an offer. But like, let's say they do, like he's probably not going to even accept it. And he's, he's he'll probably get more money elsewhere. They'll, so They'll make him the qualifying offer. Yeah. And I think even then he'll... I think he'll decline it mm. just because then the Mets like, okay, great. Like we get, we offered the QO. He turned it down. Now we get a draft pick for wherever he signs. Yeah. Right. 
that. But then what if there's no market because of COVID? Maybe he might have to come back to the Mets on a one-year deal. But Josh, that's the thing though. The starting pitching market for this offseason is so bad and like it's so thin that I think he will like find somewhere to go. Yeah, like it's a, there are no good like pitchers available. There's so few. Between he and Trevor Bauer, it's like they're, they're literally the, they're the, the best two. two. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So and there are several teams that need at least one starting pitcher. So yeah. 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 Either way, the Mets have a lot of work to do this offseason. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, pretty much Steve Cohen just has to be approved, I think, by the league because he, he has the votes. Yeah. So just a matter of time before he uh, takes over, rearranges the front office, maybe makes some other changes. Either way, it's uh, it should be exciting. Because the uh, you we've talked, my whole family are Mets fans. They deserve this. Same, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's literally goes back to what you were saying before, and what we've always been saying. Baseball is not the same when the New York Mets are not good. Correct. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the rivalry getting reignited and being like you know a proper intense. And may the Yankees dominate it for 50 years. Amen. <laughs> That's all for today on Yankees Mets Express, folks. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Yankees Mets Express, part of Elite Sports NY, Elite Sports Radio, the voice, the pulse of New York City sports, part of the Crossing Broad Network. Follow us on Twitter at Elite Sports NY. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh BESNY, where I have my articles and various rantings and ramblings. And uh, Lean also has some social media where she posts some fun stuff. Where can they find you? Lean underscore Amin also on Twitter. Yep. And uh, God, we're going to probably talk about next week. We'll probably do the same thing we did with the Mets and with the Yankees. Maybe yep. we'll, maybe we'll cover uh, some NFL, some off season previews uh, for baseball. And uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening folks. And as always stand clear of the closing doors. Thanks.